I'm Tina. I'm Meg. I'm Drea. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Part of My Stash, a podcast about knitting and how awesome it is. Before we get started, let's talk about what projects we are working on right now. Jess? I'm making a camel. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I had the giggles out and I don't. The great thing about working crochet and doing a lot of stuffed animals and everyone else is like, I'm making a fine set of gloves. I'm making a hat. I'm making a shawl. I'm making a fish. If anyone is still listening to us, I apologize. <laughs> um, so Jess is making a camel. Good for you. It's <laughs> not even the weirdest thing she's made this year. <laughs> okay. Trey. <laughs> So I am finishing up this uh, cocoa bean hat by Judith Marie Knits. I am using less traveled yarn in Merlot. And um, I believe Meg is working on the same project as me in the same yarn as me. And I think that Meg has a confession about the yarn she's using. (laughs) I think it's time to confess, Meg. Come clean. Come clean. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, oh, I don't get to talk this time. <laughs> Go on. Tell, tell us what happened. Tell the class. I'm just, I just want you to know, turnabout is fair play. I, I will bring other stuff up on this podcast. I'm well aware. All Go right. On. As long as we're aware. So I'm sitting here knitting uh, my, my cocoa bean uh, out of less traveled yarn in Merlot. This is worsted weight. And uh, right before we began, which apparently I can say nothing, otherwise it's going to wind up on tape, um, I said I might actually like this yarn better than Malabrigo Rios. I wish I had a (gasps) sound. (laughs) You heard it here first. It is, guys, it's real nice. I mean, it's very soft. It's very stretchy. It's got great stitch definition. Um and it's the exact same weight as Malabrigo Rios. It's giving me a very similar tension. Um, and the colorways are beautiful. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to give up Malabrigo because I never would. But Good um, for you. <laughs> the last thing I needed was another yarn brand that I loved because the stash that used to not be so big is now pretty expansive. Welcome. Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> Remember at the beginning of the year, we were like, we don't even have a stash. And you were like, you have nothing. Then <laughs> you did. No, you looked at our yarn stash and you were like, you've got nothing there. And we were like, oh, okay, let's go to Webb's a few times. And Rhinebeck and, and New England Fiberfest and Knitting Pearls and, and Village Stars Wool. Hollow. And <laughs> every yarn store we've been to in the last six months. And, and now there is a stash. Stash accumulation. Oh, yeah. Needed to happen. Anyway, yes. that's my big confession for the night. It's a good confession. It I like it. It's a good confession. I am also really enjoying this yarn. It's it's lovely to work with. It is. It also the other thing that it, it does have that um 
I don't think Rios has it. It has a barely perceptible, but you can feel it kind of a halo yeah. that Rios does not have. That's very nice. I'm going to stop now. Guys, I can't find my box of eyes. <laughs> I'm getting to a point where I might need them. <laughs> we did so good on the other podcast recording. <laughs> can't find my eyes. <laughs> doing fine until she was just like guys i gotta interject here we had it together oh yeah <laughs> yeah okay. excuse you <laughs> to be fair what do you think people are here for super serious yarn talk or we have super <laughs> we do super serious yarn talk yeah super serious i'm missing a box of eyes <laughs> Do you need to go look for it? No. No, she really doesn't. She I, just felt the need to say that. Uh, okay. I, I do need to go uh, get some some stuffing, though, so I'll be right back, y'all. Like. <laughs> you know, I, I think this will be great over time, that Jess just sounds like the mad person that we just let come in and hang out. <laughs> she just says things like, I'm making a camel and I lost my eyes. <laughs> Box of eyes. Did I talk about what I was working on yet? No. Okay. <laughs> Resounding no. <laughs> Um, I am also working on the cocoa bean in the same yarn. We're all going to be matchies. This is like my third cocoa bean and I'm okay with that because it's a really good pattern. It actually really is. And it knits up so fast. Yeah. It's a really good pattern. It's definitely good to have in your arsenal. And who doesn't like a slouchy hat? God. Like, come on. It's just gives me all the slouchy hats. Just all the slouchy, slouchy hats. hats. I don't like hats, though. So you just, don't, yeah, I was going to say, you don't like hats in general. I just, I just don't wear them. I mean, I like looking at them. For today's topic, uh, we are going to talk about pattern substituting and pattern making. And when I say that, I say that with a grain of salt. We are not going to get into huge details with grading or doing like crazy anything it's just going to be a really high level conversation nothing like too intense i'm just warning everyone now <laughs> keeping it deliberately uh vague i wasn't thinking vague. broad broad yes <laughs> let's talk about pattern substitution first so where in a pattern would you guys tend to find yourselves substituting uh either stitches or sizing or anything of the sort um, so for me, in the past, I used to do a lot of socks. I used to do like so many socks. To be fair, they were all Sunday swing socks. <laughs> <laughs> they really were. On socks, I would tend to switch out, you know, say somebody, somebody's pattern had a two by two rib for, for their cuff. I didn't always want to do a two by two rib. Sometimes I wanted to do a twisted rib or I would do a Pico edge or like a folded cuff instead. So I find that cuffs and brims are a good a, a good place to try out substitutions. Yeah, and I would also say that um, in a broad sense of the word that after doing a pattern maybe one or two times, then I would start making substitutions. I wouldn't do it like out the gate if I was starting out 
as a knitter. Mm. Um, As I said, there were many Sunday swing socks. Yeah, I know you had many (laughs) Sunday swing socks. But I think think, um, when you're starting with a pattern, um, if you haven't been knitting for a while, I wouldn't start out with substitutions because you might run into a lot of different problems with that they have already figured out. Yeah. Um, So I would just try to work with what you got. And then after you've worked it, you could be like, Oh, okay. I, I can substitute the ribbing here or I can change out this section here to mm-hmm. something else that I like better. Yeah. Cause chances are the designer made that decision on purpose. Yeah. For yeah. a reason. Yeah. Yeah. To benefit you <laughs> <laughs> in your pattern making times. No, you want to be able to make sure you know what the switch off and the pattern is going to do. Um, if it takes a change in stitches because sometimes it doesn't seem like it takes a change in stitches and then there there'll be like some little increase decrease pattern thing and you realize oh no um especially things that have like a pattern pattern if you know what i was like like something with a a striper with a lace or with a repeat anything like that um you want to make sure if you're changing that up you know how to line it up so it still looks right that kind of thing. I mean, most of the time when I do any sort of modification, it is same as Dre on something like a cuff or um, like a, what do they call it? Like a detail kind of um, embellishment kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you something know. that isn't going to actually alter the stitch count. <coughs> it's just a personal preference. Like yeah. A, like a one by one over a two by two rib. Yeah. Um, sometimes you can look too because some people actually... Um, will make if it's a popular pattern they'll make adjustments for it with like different types of edging and whatnot um i know that i ran into that with um when i did the um uh celestarium shawl i actually didn't use the i bought a separate um edging that was made specifically for it so you'll find some uh, designers will do that as well but the key to it making any sort of design too is maths oh lots of math this is why i don't adjust patterns ever (laughs) yeah it's definitely you have to know do the math you either have to know maths or you have to know excel (laughs) yeah excel can do the math for you but you have to know how to use the excel (laughs) or be darn lucky (laughs) i I do know how to use the excel oh good (laughs) i do like excel no i was gonna say um for pattern substitution if i'm doing significant adjustments to the count i'm throwing in an excel because i can't do the math mm. so i'll fi- i'll get what the repeat is i'll find that total fi- figure out what the heck i'm changing p- throw it in excel to say like okay my gauge is this this is the number of stitches in the repeat give me the total of what it would be to get to this length yeah. or this width or whatever to change it to if i'm doing changes to stitch counts um, or if I want to like, I don't know, I've, maybe I was feeling crazy and I wanted to put a bobble in or something. I don't know. Um, but that doesn't really, that doesn't really change it that much. No, I was going to say, um, the one that I change most often is the cast on and the bind off. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, um, you know, they'll have a suggestion of what you should do, but 95% of the time I do not do what they suggest. <laughs> That's yeah, the hell with that rule. Yeah. yeah, no, I really don't. Um, unless it's like, unless I know for a fact that, for example, when I was making a raglan sweater and it had a very short, uh, uh, narrow collar, 
Um, I did the tubular cast on because I knew if I did a knitted cast on, I would never get it over my head. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's where I that's where I definitely modify the most is the cast on and the bind off. Same. Mm. I'm I'm gonna be that guy. What's that um, guy? The guy being if you're gonna make modifications, um, you should swatch. You should dun, swatch dun, dun. first, yeah, because. Yeah, because even if if you're like, oh, I want to do this, I think this will be better. Um, <clears throat> you want to make sure that it's going to actually keep in with the gauge, that it's going to be, um, it's not going to look weird uh, when you whack it onto the project. Um, I know everybody hates doing gauge swatches, but yeah, I'm I'm more of a, a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal, and. I'm just going to do it and hope for the best. <laughs> well, then that's the thing is that a lot of the things that you were bringing up are things that you really don't need to swatch, like changing yeah. the cuff or um, or if you're changing the heel of something. Yeah. But if you are doing something where you're altering the stitch count or, um, you know, adding um, embellishments, you want to make sure that it's not going to be wildly out in left field. And m- now suddenly this the sweater that you have spent weeks working on doesn't fit or now has bat wing sleeves when you weren't <laughs> expecting that. Yeah, um, I mean, if, I mean, I know against Drea and Jess's like of dislike of swatching. Um, for garments, it's like you just have to because it's it's such a waste of time to spend no, all I, that time making a sweater. Yeah, and then you then you realize three quarters of the way through. Oh man, it's too big. Oh man, it's too small. Yeah, no, I think that when I get to the point of doing like actual garments instead of accessories, um, I probably will. I can't believe I'm saying this, but (laughs) I probably will do a swatch. One of us, one of us. Well, I can understand for accessories not swatching. Right, I didn't swatch for this hat. Yeah. Because I I know what my gauge is. Like, I I know how I knit. I know how big this hat is going to be. And you can feel it a lot of times if it's coming out too big or too small. Exactly. Right. And and you don't have to tink back as far. No. Like, there's not as many stitches and as much work. If you got to rip out a brim, oh, well, that took you, what, maybe an hour, hour and a half to do. But a sweater is crushing. Yeah. Crushing. I'm done being that guy. No, I think that was necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so talking about it, since we're kind of getting into it, so what would we say now going into pattern making? So um, um, I have a question. Yeah. As the only person at this table who has not designed a pattern. Yes. Where do you even start? Like, like, like what do you do first? Like, what, what is this thought process of designing a pattern? I'll tell you what I do first. Go on. I'm in my stitch book mm-hmm. and I see a stitch I like and I go, man, that's a cool stitch. I wonder what that would look like as a hat. Hmm. That's hmm. literally what I did only as a cowl. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I, and Or I'll be like, I like this stitch, but I would like it better if it was this size or I would like it better if it did this many repeats or i like it if it did this like if i adjusted it slightly it all starts with the stitch for me mm-hmm. are you telling me that it's that easy it is yeah it really is it's a lot easier than i thought it I would mean, be i mean if you just why want, have i not done this yet you I should know. i don't know it's a pretty creative what process am i waiting for <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be perfectly honest what i i, I bought a stitch uh, a book of stitch patterns <clears throat> Um, and I kind of had the idea in my head first. I wanted to make a cowl and I wanted it to have uh, a leaf motif. 
Um, so I looked for a stitch um, pattern that made some sort of leaf motif. And I said, okay, that's what I would like to do. Um, and then unfortunately, you start with the maths. Maths. Yeah, and the maths part sucks. Perhaps this is why I have not delved into. Unless you are, but here's the thing: I can't do maths. My kids were laughing at me today because I was having trouble adding up to a hundred on the board. It was really embarrassing. This happens more often than I'd like to admit. Um, and I still managed to do it on my own without needing help. So it's not. It's really not that bad. And I am good with Excel. Yeah. I didn't even use Excel. I used a calculator. Yeah, you could do it with a calculator or Excel. But it I is, don't own a calculator. I you use my phone. phone? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, remember when your teacher said you'd never have a calculator in your pocket? That's what I do. Yes, that's fair. I was always thinking a graphing calculator because that's the kind of maths I had to oh, do. Oh, no. This no. is not the maths that we're and talking about. And to be about. fair, I used that graphing calculator to, to play games. I had snood on it. On that note. <laughs> snood. <laughs> so, yeah, besides, like, finding a stitch that you like or, I mean, it could, it doesn't have to start with a stitch. It can also start with, like, I would like to make a hat or I would like to make a scarf. And then you go from there and then you pick a type of motif that you want to do on there. So Meg was slightly different where she was, she was like, I know I want to do leaves. Yeah. And then she looked for leaves. Whereas me, I literally like flipped open the book and I was like, that looks good. That one. But then, <laughs> but I want to do it like this. <laughs> and I did like a, a modification to it. So, um, because like, I mean, if we really think about it, everything that's out there is just an iteration of everything else that's been out there. It's true. There. With different maths. Honestly, With different math. the, yeah. the work in pattern designing and what you are paying for is the maths is already done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The math is um, done for you. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the dirty little secret is that if you want to, um, if you want to go out and, and never pay for a pattern again, you could just buy a stitch dictionary and just make your own for the rest of your life. Um, but you will be doing the maths. Maths. So if you are a maths person, you know, good on you. Most of us are not maths people. No. Um, I did maths to do a cowl. I don't think I'm ready to try maths to do like a shawl that's going to expand over time. Or, I mean, honestly, Tina, I give you credit for the hat. I, I look at trying to design a hat and I'm like, oh, that's... let me tell you, those decreases were like the Ooh. end of me. I know I was there. <laughs> Meg, I was there. Meg was trying to test my decreases and she's like, no, that doesn't work either. I'm like, dang, try this one now. <laughs> but to be fair, we got it done in one day. We did. In one day, we, we knocked did. out we figured the decreases. It out. Um, there is a, there is a trick to that that I've learned now. Um, there's a, um, and I'll share it uh, on the Instagram too. There's like a web page that I found that talks about like a kind of trick, like math trick that you can do with decreases when you're doing this in particular, a hat or a, t- a tip of a sock or mm-hmm. anything that like comes to a point. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll share that on the, on That'd the Instagram. Great. Yeah. I, I found, I saved bookmarked it on my browser and I was like, every time I need to do decreases, I'm going to look at this page. <laughs> Um, that but, sounds like a really handy tool. Rule of yeah. eight, though, man. 
Folds. Fails trying to do multiples of eight. Those tend to work the best. Yeah. Yeah. And that's basically what that page was talking about, too, is like you have to pick a multiple that makes sense and mm-hmm. go from there. Um, don't do like a prime number. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You know, that's that's honestly like so in my hat, I had a lot of people ask me, um, there's this one line where you just do a single knit together and then you continue. And they're like, I, I had a lot of people ask me, like, why do I have to do this single knit together? And I'm like, because, because I said because so. The yeah. num- because the number is 79 and you cannot divide you you 79. <laughs> so we are not going no, to do that. No, any sort of stitch that requires an odd stitch, you have to either throw in an increase or a decrease somewhere or it will never work out for yeah, you. Um, just, and another reason stitch, why you're buying a pattern. is an odd numbered pattern. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not, and, and honestly, I mean, we've been knitting for years and years and years and and the only one of us that wrote a pattern before the last year was Jess. Um, and, you know, for years we just bought other people's patterns. And there's nothing wrong with that. But And to be fair, my method, I, you will not find anything really published because it, it is all, um, I mean, color work, which doesn't really count. In, um, what do you mean it doesn't count? That counts. Well, no, I, mean, I meant what, the way, the one that I did because it, I didn't test it or anything so i am thinking about finding yes. it and redoing yes, it um it was the shield logo from uh from avengers i did that i did a scarf on it it's beautiful um it is beautiful so i, I am thinking about finding the pattern and releasing the uh the color work my mother covets that scarf deeply um deeply but that one i don't oh, maybe not though because basically that one was a sit down with graph paper and work it out until it worked out. Um, Why is your method always beat it into submission? Because that's what works. <laughs> well, for that kind of, when you're dealing with a graphic, that's actually the best way to do it, is yeah. to do, do a graph paper and like and, figure it and out figure that way. Out. Like I just bought a yeah. book of graph paper. Yeah, um, especially if you know, like if you're trying to replicate a specific image like picture so doing it doing it that way um other things uh, like a lot of my method is frankensteining um where i'm like i like uh this glove but i hate the pattern so i'm going to use this gloves counts and i'm going to see if it matches with this pattern that i want and if it doesn't match then i have to do some of my own maths to make that work and then i add in a couple other things to make it work out which is why i've never actually written a pattern down anywhere because it's all kind of up there in my head but that is something you you can do and it's probably a good place to start too is like kind of do it for yourself figure out how stuff works and then move forward from that um uh doing it that way like i i did um some color work hats for friends and i took an established hat pattern and then figured out a color work that matched the stitch count for those patterns um and then there's like little oddball things that you can do. Like again, uh, find a base pattern and then add embellishments, um, crochet, like all my amigurumi stuff. <clears throat> I do that a lot. I, I A lot of times I will find or buy a pattern and then I'll be like, well, I like this, but I don't like this part of it. So I'm going to make something else for it. Um, and sometimes it's trial and error. Sometimes it doesn't work out. There's probably bags of You've probably found a mag bags of random parts that didn't work out, so I just cut them off and left them in there. There's like <laughs> her face, like probably amigurumi <laughs> limbs and horns like lying around everywhere. <laughs> She's like, there's dead body pieces everywhere. Yeah, you know, <laughs> our house is just an endless treasure trove of Jess's ADD. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. 
they're like in boxes and stuff. <laughs> All the better to find suddenly when you're looking for that skein of yarn you need. Yeah, or that box of eyes. <laughs> oh my god. Still haven't found those eyes. <laughs> but no, so uh, it is a, a lot of it, I, I would say, start. You have to kind of get the feel like I, I wouldn't jump right into knitting and then go right into making your own pattern. You kind of have to know how the patterns work in general, um, get it, get a feel for it and try it here and there and then move on because um, it is, especially if it's something that you're going to publish out there. It's like you definitely want to uh, have an idea of it. Otherwise, you're going to get a lot of angry people like, hey, why doesn't this I, work? I, I have some terrible news, too, for you about, mm. about pattern designing. <sighs> You know what's coming. No, I don't. You do. What? What, what is you it? You got to knit a gauge swatch. No. Yeah. You absolutely you do. do. No. You because, absolutely yeah. do. Because if you don't, then there's no way you can tell people gonna fit. how it's going. Well, like, not even that. Like, because yeah, when when I did it, I had to do a repeat of the stitch that I wanted, and then I'm like, okay, how big do I want this to right, be, and yeah. how many repeats of the pattern, and That's yeah, absolutely do. Yeah, the gauge swatch is necessary for measurement purposes for helping others figure out what they their gauge needs to be to match what you did. It has to happen. I respect that, but that is still hog swallop. <laughs> hog swallop? I don't know. Like is that supposed to be like an yeah, like a mishmash between hogwash and cod swallop? Oh yes. Okay, that's a new word, guys. You heard it here first. Add it to the dictionary. Hog swallop. Do you have anything else that we want to add about pattern making? Have fun. Yeah. Just try and have fun. Write everything down. Yeah, write write everything down while you're going. Have a scrap piece of paper. Make notes. Don't be upset if it... like, Like Tina's example, don't be upset if the first time it doesn't work out. Because, again, we played with it. And yeah. came out with a beautiful hat and a beautiful mm-hmm. pattern, and now it's up on Ravelry, and people can buy it. And also, I wear that seed dot beanie a lot, literally every day. <laughs> a lot. Yes. Yeah. Like, how often do you see me not wear that hat? Not, not very often. I mean, it's right there. It is right there, and it's only not on my head because I've got headphones on. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so it and I feel like um, if you want to get into pattern making, try something simple like a you could do a hat or a scarf or a cowl or but nothing with like a crazy pattern on it. Like you don't do a crazy repeat. Try something simple. I mean, for me, when I did the hat, I did just the seed dot. It's literally the seed stitch and the dot stitch um, just to try to get into it and get a feel for it. But yeah, you need to have fun. If, yeah. you, if you're not having fun doing it, stop. It's, <laughs> so, not, it's not worth it. It's not there's, worth it. There's nothing not. wrong with just buying Because children, let me tell you. you take will, it from people our you age. Will not, you will not get millions of dollars from pattern making. <laughs> <laughs> there are, it's, it's like a big old line and it starts from the top and there's like, there's like a ton of people at zero and then like all the way at the bottom there's like two people at like a hundred thousand it's not not a big money-making thing um maybe you know if you get lucky and yours goes viral and a bunch of people buy it like you can have a really good turnout but i wouldn't like 
bank your bets on it. Or, do it for the fun. Yeah, just do it for do fun. Do it and for the excitement of being like, wow, I have a pattern that's yep. on Ravelry and people are buying it. Like, that's yeah. exciting. That's all the time we have for this week's episode. Tune in next week for more tears, laughs, and drama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More tears, laughs, and Drea. <laughs> Drea. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> I'm going to substitute drama with Drea every single time now. <laughs> I like that. Here at Pardon My Stash. <laughs>